The story of the Bible is that our fellowship with God, which was lost in the beginning, is being restored through the ministry of Christ. And as Christians, we believe that we can get to know the one true living God through the pages of his word. In today's episode, we are going to be jumping right in to John chapter 11, because why not? Hi guys, welcome back to the Why Not podcast with me, Connor JC. I hope that you are having a beautiful week. I thought I'd jazz things up a little bit by speaking a little bit before we get into the passage. So let's jump right in. So the setting of this chapter is seen in verses one to three. So we have Lazarus, who is a friend of Jesus and is the brother of two female believers. And we see that he is sick. So in verse three, the sisters send word to Jesus. It definitely seems like there's an implicit request in this verse. I guess the sisters believed in Jesus and had seen his miracles, because later both of them state that if Jesus was there, he wouldn't have died. We'll get to what that means later. So this kind of message sent to Jesus can be considered as a request for Jesus to come back and heal Lazarus. This is kind of like many prayer requests that we might have. Have you ever prayed and asked God for healing for a relative or a friend? I know recently that's what I've been doing. I have a couple of friends who are really struggling with siblings and parents and friends being ill and some even on death's row. In verse 4, Jesus receives this message. His response does show the will of God in this trial. Lazarus's sickness was for the same purpose that the blind man was blind. In John 3-4, it is for the glory of God. We also learn in verse 15 that he also has a purpose in it for the disciples and for others in the world. From this, we can take comfort that God has a purpose in whatever sufferings or trials that we face. Sometimes in the middle of the difficulty, we may think that it's meaningless, or like Job, we may think it's unfair. At the very least, many of us do not understand why we're facing a particular trial or trouble while we're in the middle of it. Many lose faith in God with these types of events. Some even grow bitter towards God asking, how could he do this to me? But we don't have to despair. God does have a purpose for trials. See Romans 8, James 1. So how will we respond when we face trials that we can't understand? Are we going to have faith or fall away? Well, before I continue on, let's read the passage. And I want you to bear those things that I've said in mind Uh, And yeah, I pray that this study would bless you. So let's jump right in to John chapter 11. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. 
but if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she quickly rose and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. And if we let him go on like this, everyone shall believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. 
he did not say this of his own accord, that being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know, so that they might arrest him. Amen. This is a stunning chapter. Verse 51, well, 50, 51 and 52. Wow. Chills. Vibrations. Wow. (laughs) But back to kind of what I was saying beforehand. Jesus loved Lazarus and that family. Seems like he had a close and personal relationship with them and seemed to know them well. Yet in the very next verse, he amazingly doesn't immediately respond to their cry for help. But wait a second, he loves them, but he doesn't respond immediately to solve their problem. They present a request to Jesus, but he doesn't answer it immediately. Back in Bethany, when they were worried and fretting and wondering where he was, why didn't he help them? I mean, we also pray to God with various requests. If he doesn't answer when we expect and hope in him, we also may fear, doubt and complain. But we need to learn the lesson that Mary and Martha were going to have to learn. God's answers don't always come in our timing. God has his own perfect timing. Is it random or pointless? No. Jesus had a specific reason for delaying. If he delays, does that mean he doesn't love us? Well, no. (laughs) He did love them. And in fact, that was part of the reason he did delay. This would be so much better for them long term. So if God doesn't answer our prayer according to our timing, how will we respond? If he doesn't give us a job when we expect it, what will we do? If he doesn't give us a wife, or money, or whatever your thing may be, will we complain? Remember Daniel asked the first official if he could only eat vegetables, and the first official said no. Did Daniel give up? (laughs) No, he asked another one. So if God doesn't answer our prayer according to our timing, we can either have faith and persist in prayer, or we can give up. and do things our way. Jesus not only had a specific time that he was going to answer their request or prayer, but he also had a specific way. The way he did it was much more miraculous. I mean, think about it. If he'd simply gone there and just healed Lazarus, people would have easily just explained that away. They would have said that it was a coincidence and that Lazarus was just kind of healing anyway. Doing it this way in front of a crowd showed his power to everyone. It showed to everyone strong evidence that he was the Messiah. And I mean, that's kind of John's whole reason for writing this. He's writing so that we may kind of know who Jesus is. And this account isn't put here randomly. This really shows that he is the Messiah who is able to have authority over life and death. I mean, this account would have made everyone have strong faith in him. Uh, the disciples, Mary and Martha, as well as the other spectators. 
Mary and Martha wouldn't have dreamed that Jesus would have answered their prayer in this way. But God often doesn't answer prayers as we expect he will. We need to keep having faith and keep looking for how and when he will answer prayer. And keep trusting that he is our God who answers prayer because of what Christ has done for us. I find it amazing how Jesus prays out loud here so that everyone will hear and know by what power he does it. What an amazing miracle and an amazing sight to see a man who had been dead for four days come out. And obviously in so many ways as believers on this side of the cross we can see how this was but a foreshadowing of Jesus' death to come. But anyway, I have spoken for ages, so I hope you found that interesting. I hope that you spend some good time studying this passage or reading through it again. I'll drop some study questions on Instagram. If you have any questions, comments or prayer requests, then feel free to email me at whynotpodcast.gmail.com or just send me a DM. And yeah, until tomorrow where we jump into John chapter 12, goodbye, God bless, and I'll see you in the next one.